Megan. And I'm Jen. And you're listening to the Travel Mug Podcast. Every episode, we talk about travel destinations, interesting trivia, and even some travel fails. Let's dive into today's episode. Don't forget to travel mug. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Travel Mug Podcast. Megan, can you believe it? We're recording our second birthday episode right now. I know. I know. It's hard to believe, but very exciting. I mean, I we've worked hard to get here. So. We have, but like, holy crow. Like, we've both time and where did it go? I know. It's so crazy. So we're recording this early, but when this episode comes out, we'll both be traveling. Which wow. Which is nuts. It'll be our first big trip since we even started yeah. this podcast. So make sure you're following us on social media so you'll see what fun things we might be getting up to. And we're really excited. I think we should also like, in, like not only our personal Instagrams, but we could use the travel mug one too, yeah. just so that our listening can follow us along there if they don't tra- follow us personally. I think that'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, let's do that. So we'll we'll make sure we keep you up to date with what we're doing. But today we're going to do some fun listener questions and just kind of general chats. I'm excited to dive in, but I did want to go over a couple of statistics because I like sort of thing. So right now we have over 4,000 downloads, Ooh. which is really cool. We've been downloaded in 48 countries and 663 cities. Cool. I know. Our most popular episode is a local guide to Halifax, which I think is interesting because that was a really early I know. episode, like in our first... I'd say in our first five, I think. Yes. Crazy. Yeah, I think so. Yes. People and we know what's going on in the Halifax. We do. People are traveling to the Halifax, I guess. And almost 500 Instagram followers. Maybe by the time you listen, we'll be over 500. But right now, if you could go and give us a like and get us over that, that would be exciting. I think so too. I think so too. But those are some cool stats. Like, mm-hmm. I think we should be very proud of our little podcast. Our little podcast. Mm-hmm. All right. Listener questions. We ask you to send them in on Instagram and Facebook and such. And here they are. So, our first question is from Laura, who was on the show. Uh, would you rather be up close and personal with a lion or? cage dive with a great white shark i'll let you go first megan oh you're gonna let me oh my all right well i mean cool either way like (laughs) really rad but it doesn't say anything about the fact that i wouldn't be like close with a lion while on a jeep Mm -hmm. or maybe like behind a fence or something so Mm -hmm. i'm going to assume that we're not both like strolling in the jungle so I'm going to go with lion. I love cats, of course. It's a very large cat. So I think like safely up close with a lion would be my jam. What about you? Yeah. Okay. If it, if we're going with, we're both in very safe situations where you're not going to die either way, I would sort of lean towards the lion, but I also think the shark would be really cool. I don't know. I, I guess. The stress of breathing underwater. There's that. Like, there's a lot going on. All right. If if I had to choose, I guess I'm going to go lion. I th- I think, but maybe we could do that together then. <laughs> maybe maybe safely with one another. So our next question, my darling husband submitted. <laughs> he 
he, he's inquiring minds want to know because he's yeah. never traveled with me, I guess. What's the best meal you, Jen, have ever had while traveling? Mm, this one's so hard to choose because I really love. Everyone knows we love food here. I love food. So much good food. So one memorable meal I had was at Spice Thai in New York City. I remember the food being like so delicious. I had like a lemongrass chicken that was so good. And I tried to like make a recipe at home and it was not good. <laughs> so it was not the same. I could not replicate it at all. Um, the wine was really good, but we had really good company. And I think that like elevates the the memory, right? Like I just remember sure. how much fun we had and the food being so delicious. And I just, it, it it's, a, it's a, such a good memory that maybe it makes the food seem more delicious than it actually was. But yeah. Um, and I also remember having really good Chinese food with my stepmom in Iceland. And I have no idea what that restaurant was called. I tried to Google it and there's a surprising number of Chinese food restaurants in Reykjavik. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know. That was like no. 2013. So it was a little while ago. But yeah, I I love food. It was so hard to choose. What about you, Meg? Also love food, obviously. But if I have to choose, I would say in 2016, I was in London with a friend and we went for Sunday dinner at London Marriott Hotel County Hall. Again, the atmosphere was really nice. It overlooked sort of the River Thames. Big Ben was nearby and there was Yorkshire pudding potatoes cooked in duck fat. This was before I was a, a pescatarian. And I'm sorry, I apologize to all the ducks I know love, but like it was the tastiest potatoes I've ever eaten. Mm. I did find pictures and realized like there was meat on it, but I can't remember what that was. But they also had, I also had the most delicious dessert and Americano. Oh my goodness. The coffee was just to die for. And so I think like you, it wasn't, the company was really good. It's not that, but it was even like where it was situated was yeah. just like so cool. And we spent a long time there and the meal took a while. And there was with all the different food, it came with these little pots of like extra of each. Oh. So we ate for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I did find some pics. I'll make sure to post those when we do our social media for this, but I would have to say that, although of course I'm sure I've had like tons of great meals. I spent a month in France. I'm sure I had some good food there, but, <laughs> but th- that sort of stands out for me in my mind. It's funny how much the atmosphere can make or break the experience. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. What's next? All right. Abby asked, Pros and cons of being a tourist versus living like a local. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think being, I thought about this for a while because I think being a tourist, of course, has its place. I mean, we can't lie when you go somewhere new, that's what you are, even though people try to like, oh, I don't want to be a tourist. And that's okay. Like it is okay to take pictures and wander around, like looking up at buildings and stuff like that and eat at some touristy spots. I just, it just makes sense. But when I think of like living like a local, I think of like being more of a traveler, not just a tourist. So eat at restaurants, eat off the beaten path, try to learn a little of the language if necessary to where you're going, respect the people and the place, find an excursion, maybe where you get to like meet locals and spend time with them. Like, don't just visit like the hard rock cafes of the world. If that's even still a thing, I don't know. Um, it's kind of what came to mind for me. So try to get a feel for the real place, its history, its people, 
So you are a tourist and we can't deny it, but just travel like you respect the place, I guess, is how I would put it. Yeah, I like that. I like that interpretation a lot. I guess I, for me, I was like, I don't think I've ever lived like a local. I don't think I've ever spent long enough in one place to really like live like a local, if you know what I mean. Sure, no, of course. I also feel like it is like totally fine to be a a tourist as long as you're respectful about it. Right. And yeah, obviously I want to go places and I want to, I want to see those touristy things. That's probably part of the reason I'm going. Right. And I, I, you know, I want to go to the museums and I want to do those things, but yeah, I think, I think as long as you're respectful um, about it and then like getting off the beaten path as well and talking to people and, and all those things that we encourage you to do. How did you feel? Cause you spent like how long in France? Like you were kind of more living like a local, I guess I might yeah. say that, than I ever have. How was that experience compared to like, it was, it was unique. Like I yeah. have to say so it was about three weeks in Paris and I spent one week in the Alps, but the time that I was in Paris, like I really, you know, my French came back from like my childhood. It was interesting. You know, eventually I was in the subway and I felt like I didn't stand out because I could actually hear and make out what people were saying. I heard people talking about me. I could understand like what they were actually saying over the loudspeaker on the subway. Yeah. I knew my way around. And you really do start to get a sense of like, I didn't dress like a Parisian. So there was that. <laughs> but the rest of it, like you really do start to feel like you belong somewhere yeah. else. And it's a it's a cool feeling to be like a worldwide citizen, if that makes any sense. Like it was one of the most unique experiences of my life at like a hard time in my life. So it was, it was perfect and something I've never done since and and hope to do again someday. I love that. Yeah. I definitely hope to, to do a bit more, I guess, slow traveling where you're kind of staying in one spot and just kind of living there and experiencing it in the future. I think, I think that'd be really I hope we get to. So the next one is from Celtic Devil on Instagram. How does one travel with the environment and climate change in mind? And he sort of put YOLO versus like the earth. So like, what what are your thoughts on that? Ooh, I mean, so we ha- we do have two entire episodes about traveling ethically and responsibly. So I think that's a good place to start on on our thoughts on that. But I would say one thing I'm doing personally is donating to an organization that plants trees in order to offset any plane travel that I do. So I can link that in the show notes. It's also in the show notes of our ethical travel episode, but that's just something that I've been doing. And I mean, I've gone on one flight since I pledged to do that, but I did donate the trees. So that's that's great. And, And then also just trying to decrease my carbon footprint in in my everyday life as well. Cause it's not just traveling. That's the problem obviously, yeah. but yeah, it's a really complicated issue. And obviously whatever we do is going to have an effect on the planet. And I, I think you do kind of have to balance the, the YOLO versus the earth, right? Like I, I'm not going to sit home and never drive my car and never do anything ever again to benefit the planet. But at the same time, I'm not going to do excessive driving if I don't have to and, and that sort of thing. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. And I think this is a tough one. Like 
Because really any mode of transport in regards to travel, unless you're taking a bicycle, you really are going to add to climate change. So unless we're Greta Thunberg, you know, taking a sailboat, we have to accept that we are part of the problem. So if we do choose to travel, we can do so as responsibly as possible. And we, like you said, we talked about this over those two episodes and really, you know, it's, it's basic stuff like reusable water, water bottles and other items, even if you take your own fork, knife and spoon and don't use disposable things like we should have called the podcast, do your research on over visited sites. Like there's some places in Hawaii now where they're either not letting tourists go, or you actually have to pay to do it when it was completely free before. So Ensure you're visiting responsibly and even supporting local as much as possible, as opposed to like big corporations who are potentially misusing people and their land. So, I mean, there's so much you can do when you think about it, but either, but you can't not add to it if you're traveling. So that has to be something you accept. And I don't eat meat in my everyday life. So I hope that somehow that's offsetting my travel a little bit. So I don't know, like, it's, it's a battle in your head and, and it's an interesting question and it's a tough question, honestly. It it is a tough question. Like it's, it's complicated (laughs) for sure, but a very good question. So yeah, thank you for that. For sure. Celtic devil. I like his Instagram name. I know. (laughs) All right. Our next question is from Amber. What are the best hidden beaches in Nova Scotia? I don't know why she thought we would know all about that. <laughs> I don't know Although we're both so pro- like, we're like so biased from where we're from. So we're both like our hometown. Our hometown um, has it. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to be honest though. I'm sure there are a lot of like hidden gem beaches in this province. We have no idea about because we're not, I don't know about you, but like, I'm not spending my time like searching for beaches because I grew up pretty much on a beach. So mm-hmm. like. So I have to say, in my own opinion, it's off the beaten path, but where I'm from, Cape Sable Island, is surrounded completely by sandy beaches. The water is a smidge cold, just (laughs) as an FYI, but, and I am partial to there, but the entire island is literally a beach. Give it a visit. It's about, I think I said visit, give it a visit. It's about two hours and 45 minutes from Halifax, not too long of a drive down the South shore and nearby in Barrington or near Coffins Croft. It's actually called nearby is a beach called Sand Hills. Also a beautiful beach where it actually, the water gets warm, which is a plus to that a beach. That's a, that's a big plus around here. I know. I know. What about you? Um, I, I guess I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's not, I don't know of that many hidden, hidden gems anymore. Everyone knows basically now like Carter's beach down here in just outside Liverpool, Port Mattoon area. And like, sadly it's abused because people, it's not set up for people to visit it. It's, it's like crown land. It doesn't have facilities and like parking. Yeah. And the garbage is, it's horrendous there right now. So I can't recommend that one, even though it is beautiful. But if you do go, please treat it with love and care and respect. So I'm going to say my not so hidden gem beach is Beach Meadows. I grew up going there. It's in an area where we're surrounded by beaches. I feel like it is a lesser visited one, but it, it is a lovely beach to walk on or to hang out on or swim, but it it's cold, but that's, that's how it is. <laughs> Welcome to Nova Scotia. And like, Humans ruin everything. <laughs> We're the worst. We are truly the worst. And speaking of worst, Amanda, 
sent through a question as well. And she wants to know about our worst ever trip moment. So Jen, do tell us your tale. Oh my gosh. Okay. I went to Vegas in 2018 with my best friend and I was not prepared for how hot it was going to be. We went in June, end of May, beginning of June, I think. And it was hot. It's very dry there. Uh, And the strip is very long. It's deceivingly long. (laughs) It's deceivingly long. Anyway, we landed, you know, it was like a fly out here early. We got to Vegas in the like afternoon, maybe lunchtime or so. And we checked into our hotel, which was Treasure Island. And we decided to hang out by the pool. So we got like lunch and I got like fried food. Mm. Might've been my first mistake. And then (laughs) I got a drink, like a margarita, which was probably like my second mistake. Um, It's not always a mistake, but in that situation, in this situation, it was like, I probably wasn't hydrated. I had been traveling all day. And then we made our third horrible mistake, which was to walk from the treasure Island to the Luxor which didn't seem that far. And it's not, I mean, it's three and a half kilometers according to Google. Cause I looked it up, right. um, which to me is not very far. I was like, this is no problem. We'll like check out the hotels along the way. And we did we, but it was hot outside. Anyway, we were going to the Chris Angel show, which I was really excited about. I love Chris Angel. This was like a, a bucket list kind of thing for me to do. And we got to the Luxor and I was immediately sick. Like Growing up, I was... get to the bathroom. Yes. Okay. Good. But well, that's at least a plus. That is, <laughs> like makes it just slightly better. I was so sick that I spent like the whole Chris Angel show with like my knees up to my chest, trying oh. not to vomit. <laughs> it was horrible. It ruined the, like it ruined that experience for me, which I'm so devastated by. So I feel like I need a Vegas do-over. And then like the rest of that trip, I barely drank like alcohol. I basically was like, I only am drinking water or Gatorade. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That, that was, yeah, that's unfortunate. It was a lot of bad decisions of my own making leading to a, a not so fun situation. But anyway, there's there there's that. <laughs> there is that. Well, I hope you get to have your do-over. Someday. Yes. Well, mine is not any better tale. So in 1997, when you were seven, for reasons that are too many to get into, I spent some time in the US and I came home to visit for a weekend, actually the weekend that Princess Diana died. And then I tried to go back to the U.S. And this was like via flight. And in Toronto, I was stopped by U.S. Customs and brought into like a scary room or it seemed really scary at that age and that time and got lots of questions about like, what was I doing in the U.S.? And, you know, how was I supporting myself? I was with someone else, but the questions were, weren't wrong. I mean, they were legit. They knew what they were doing there. I didn't have the right paperwork. Anyway, at the end of the day, I was denied entry and there were no flights leaving for that individual to go back to America. And there was no flights left for me to go home to Halifax. 
all of this, of course, was in Toronto. I wasn't even in Halifax. So had to spend a night in a hotel. I literally cried so much. My eyes were swollen. (laughs) And I'm not even talking a little bit. I mean, like literally like swollen. It was probably one of the worst times of my life. Like in terms of like being scared and I'm a rule follower as we know. And so to have done anything seemingly wrong, which it wasn't horribly wrong, but it obviously was anyway. The next morning, my parents paid for a flight, got me home. And like, literally now when I look back, it was actually the, one of the best things that ever happened to me. And it put my life like on a really good path. Um, and I wish I could just give younger me like a little hug and say, it's going to be fine. And there's so much good stuff to come, but you know, 22 or 21 year old me was mortified. And it was a very like hard situation for me at that age, having never gone through anything like that. And it probably leads to my border anxiety today. Like I probably probably have like a smidge of PTSD and Peter, every time he's like, you need to act more natural. I'm like, I can't. I know it's from this situation. So a little bit of that has stayed with me and I've entered the U S legally ever since. Excellent. Yeah. That is very stressful. It was horrible. It was horrible. And there was the nicest man on the flight from Toronto back to Halifax. He knew people from where I was from, of course, because everyone does. And he was just so kind to me, but his kindness just made me like more upset if that makes any sense. And I think I just cried and continued to have swollen eyes, but thank you, sir. Whoever you are out there, you were so nice to me, but anyway, that's so funny. I wish I could go back and tell younger me to hydrate more. (laughs) (laughs) Things could have gone so differently with you and Chris Angel. Differently. Mm -hmm. I love Chris Angel. (laughs) That is a, that's a shame. It's a shame. Great. So we came up with a couple of questions for each other because, um, we're not going to go into the whole story here because we've talked about it before, but Meg and I actually didn't know each other that well before we started this podcast. (laughs) We thought we might do some get to know me type questions. (laughs) Right. Who are you, Jen? Who who, who even are you? (laughs) So my first question for you, and these are mostly non-travel related, like literally get to know you. Yes. So what embarrasses you the most? Does it, I feel like as I get older, I get less embarrassed, which is probably a similar experience for most people. Like I don't care as much what people think of me anymore, right. but I guess well, what, yeah. what embarrasses me the most is like if I if I seem like unintelligent to somebody or if I say something that's just like so ignorant seeming I guess like I I don't want to come off that way especially sometimes like coming from a small town I don't I don't want people to think that I'm just some person that's you know never left my small town so I guess seeming unintelligent would be the most embarrassing thing to me but like you know, public speaking or like fail, like failing in some way doesn't embarrass me as much as it used to. Right. I think that's probably definitely with age. 
And honestly, embarrassment for me, I get secondhand embarrassed. Mm, like, yeah, if I can't change the channel and it's, I'm embarrassed. I'm like, Peter, can we please just change? <laughs> I can't even handle a television program. Yeah. For me, it's not as much embarrassment for myself. Yeah. I get a ton of secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. I actually said that my lovely nail girl today, and she said, She's the same. And she goes, I have deleted TikTok over embarrassing videos and re-downloaded that app so many times. She's like, I'm so embarrassed for people on there. And I'm like, it's the truth. Like I can't, if I can't look away, I get so anxious. Fair. That's totally fair. That's what embarrasses (laughs) moi. All right. So my first question for you is how did you and Peter meet? Because I do not know. And was travel something that you guys like bonded over initially? Um, well, back in the day, pre sort of Tinder, there was a, an app here in Canada called Lava Life. Bruce Coxon actually created that app. He was on Dragon's Den for a while. And so I was, you know, looking for love, I guess. <laughs> um, anyway, and that's how Peter and I met. So we met on that app and then we met in person and the rest is honestly history. We were really embarrassed for a long time to tell people how we met because no one was really doing it yet. Right, right, right. Yeah. It felt like we had done something that was just so taboo, but today everyone's like, duh. Now it doesn't matter, but we tell people that's how we met. As far as the travel, like we both enjoyed it. Like when we met, it was something that was a, a yes for both of us. I had was definitely way more traveled than him and probably still am at this point. So it's not that we bonded over, but very lucky that it is sort of like a common factor for both of us because now it is an like a huge part of our lives. So Thank God. I honestly don't think I could be with someone who was just like, no, I'm good here in Halifax. I'd be like, no, I'm good to go somewhere else. Thank you. (laughs) So I'm, I'm lucky that he likes to, what about you and Ryan? Do tell your tale. Well, I, it's a complicated tale. We both grew up in the same town. I didn't, to my knowledge, meet Ryan until I was in high school and we both worked at um, a restaurant. So I was working in the dish pit. I was like 16, 17. It was my first job. Ryan was home from university working in the bar. He's five years older than me. So we met there. He added me on MSN. And oh my God. I know. And we started chatting. So we started de- dating. I was 18 and he was 23. To make it a little more weird, um, my dad was cleaning out his basement just like in the last couple of months and found my baby book. And I was looking through it and in the baby book, there's a spot where you list people that came to visit you in the hospital and Ryan's mom, dad, and Ryan and his brother visited me in the hospital when I was born. (laughs) What? My dad and Ryan's dad uh, worked in the same department at at the paper mill here in Oh my God. That's crazy. (laughs) That is wild. He saw you when you're brand new. Oh yeah, it's it's very random, but also that's cool. That's a great story. Yeah, yeah, that's so precious. Yeah. Okay. All right. So moving forward, then from our precious little lives, what is the dumbest way you have ever hurt yourself? I haven't. Knock on wood. Knock on all of the things. I haven't really <laughs> hurt myself like that badly. I was thrown off a horse in like June, junior high. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, it didn't hurt that badly that I can remember, but it was very embarrassing and also very scary. And I do now sure. have no desire to ride a horse. <laughs> Understood. So, I don't know if that's dumb, but it's, I just, mm, it's turned me off of horses. Horses are now not my thing. Not my thing. (laughs) I literally don't have enough time to talk about how many stupid ways I've hurt myself. The podcast cannot be that long. I have literally done so many things. Two bike accidents. One led to broken teeth. I passed it in the airport. I broke teeth off in the airport. My chin was cracked open and I woke up and some doctor was holding my face together. Like, So much stuff has happened to me. I am the world's most awkward person. So anyway, I've hurt myself badly in many different ways, and they're all really stupid. We'll just say that. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Um, As a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? (gasps) Which is quotes around grew up. Right. (laughs) Still working on it. Still working on it. So my first answer here now is hilarious, especially after what I just said, because ballet dancer (laughs) was one of the things. And then I just kept growing and I I wasn't, I'm really tall, but I'm not like a naturally thin tall. I'm not like saying whatever detrimental, but I'm not ballet thin. Let's just be honest. (laughs) So no, I also wanted to be a garbage collector. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's a noble profession, but I don't know why. I thought I wanted to do that because I don't. <laughs> and then after a while, I wanted to be a lawyer. And I, I think that's probably because I liked when I was younger in particular to argue. So I thought that seems cool. Yeah. I grew out of all of that and became none of it. What about you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember ever wanting to be like one thing as like a child. Maybe my mom usually listens to the podcast. Maybe she remembers, but I don't remember. I guess the next thing I remember is being in like junior high and being like, I'm going to be a bartender because that just seems really cool. Didn't do that. Have worked in restaurants and now I'm like, no, thank you. And also I can't stay up late enough to be a director. (laughs) I I simply can't put in the hours. (laughs) And then I guess high school, I was like, I'm going to be a massage therapist. And then I did that. So well, you stuck with something pretty long though. That's a pretty in between you got there though. I that doesn't all... uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I was never like, I'm going to be a vet or I'm going to be a doctor. Or, I'm going to, I don't know. None of those things ever. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe yeah. mom, maybe if you remember me saying something, you could let me know. Cause I don't remember. Yeah, I'm always freaked out when people say something when they're children and actually are that. My childhood best friend, Meredith, she wanted to be a teacher her whole life. Boom, she's a teacher. What a nice feeling to know what you want to do with your life. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of in your 30s and your 40s, we're just drifting. (laughs) What's that like anyway? I don't know. Um, so this is a little bit travel related, but I wanted to know what is the first thing you do after getting home from a trip? Unpack, which is wow. probably controversial. I I like to unpack. And then I'm just usually very excited to either go to bed, depending right. on the time of day, or sit on my couch and do nothing. Right. Those <laughs> are fair, fair things. 
I'm very excited usually to get back into like my quote unquote routine. Yeah. Uh, because travel is very fun, but it is very a lot. It and is overstimulating. But I do like to put things away rather quickly. We do too. I don't that in my house, that's not a controversial statement because I, I actually agree with you here. Like yeah. we're both like, let's get this stuff out of our suitcases, put those away, call it a day. So we're on board with this here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? I am in between. Are you? Yeah. So okay. I mean, I think everybody has a little, I guess maybe. Yeah everybody's got a little bit of both. Some people definitely swing very much one way or the other, but has a smidge of the other. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just don't, I think I'm one in some ways and one in the other, but I, I'm definitely would not call myself an introvert, but I also would not. Yeah. Obviously not call myself an omnivert, omnivert or ambivert. I think it might be called, I don't know, but I'm definitely in the middle. I I'm whatever I need to be when the situation comes up, I guess, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely, I, I mean, introvert really means you get overstimulated easy and need to step back and have that quiet time. That doesn't really happen to me. Like, I think if I was in the streets of India and there was like a million like horns blaring all yeah. the time and I would then, but not typically, but also during the lockdown, I wasn't one of those people that was dying for to be around other people and be stimulated either. Like I was, yeah. I was kind of happy just sort of in the middle. What about you? I definitely identify with being an extrovert because I feel like talking to people recharges my batteries. Like I feel like instead of draining me it like recharges my batteries does that you know what I mean yeah. like That's what uh, is for sure. yeah so I definitely I mean I do like doing things you know by myself sometimes but no I definitely I notice it in myself when I haven't had a lot of social interactions for a while and right. I I need it <laughs> so I need it <laughs> I need it I need it or I go crazy <laughs> Interesting. All right. This one was a little odd, but I want, I I thought it was interesting. So what are three scents that you like three smells of things that you enjoy? Citrusy things like I like oranges and lemon and lime and that sort of smell cookies, baking as one does. Who doesn't like cookies baking? And then I would say like the ocean, the salty air smell. That is lovely. I love all of those. I'm not as much citrusy. I'm not, that would probably be the one where I sort of very differently maybe. And when I think of that, like I like smoky scents. Mm -hmm. Like I recently found this replica perfume and it's called by the fireplace or something. And it makes me so happy. Mm -hmm. So I love a smoky smell, but I mean, the cookies and ocean, I'm, I'm on board with that. (laughs) Freshly baked cookies at a campfire by the ocean. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, that would be a dream. <laughs> that would be a total dream. Indeed. All right, last question. Who was your first celebrity crush? Well, there were two and I went Canadian. I didn't mean to, but all the way. So Michael J. Fox mm. loved family ties and back to the future and Brian Adams. Ooh. And 
I still love both. Um, but I know that they were both my celebrity crushes at the same time, because before I could address an envelope, I remember giving my mother envelopes and saying, I need, she probably never did. I don't know. (laughs) I remember giving her these envelopes with these letters I'd written in them to Michael and Brian. And I said, could you mail these for me? And I remember thinking like, I didn't even put their names on the right one. So like, how is she going to know? Anyway, they probably went in the garbage and it's fine, but that's how I know that it was a long time ago and it was love for both. Love. I was, I was a Canadian strong girl. What about you? Oh, it was definitely Nick Carter. (laughs) I mean, how could you not love a a backstreet boy? How could you and like still, still love a backstreet boy? (laughs) this day (laughs) this day yes all right well we wanted to talk about some stuff about the podcast too because obviously it is our second birthday episode and we've come so far so I wanted to I was just wondering you know to finish things off in terms of the podcast like what do you feel is your favorite episode and why Mm, I love our how to save money for travel and travel on a budget because it's like it's my whole blog it's my whole persona, (laughs) I guess, because I think travel can be accessible to most people if they plan for it. And I also loved our bucket list episode because that was just really fun to try. Yeah. I have to say the bucket list one too. I mean, it's nice to dream. I do love our ethical and sustainable ones. Mm -hmm. I think those are really important ones too. And then any of our Nova Scotia ones, honestly, whether it's the seasons one that we do or sort of our tour around the province. I really like those ones because it is nice to talk about home and showcase, you know, where you live in hopes that it will bring people to there. Yeah. Exciting. How do we feel like the podcast has evolved since two years ago and maybe will continue to evolve? Well, I, I completely think that, you know, it's, it's changed, but it's also a lot of the same. I think you and I have evolved in terms of like our comfortability with one another. Although right from the get go, people commented that they thought we were like, had known each other forever. And, and I think we have that vibe, which I think has only gotten, gotten stronger. So I think that, you know, we can only continue down that path in my opinion. What about you? Yeah, I think we're definitely a lot more comfortable doing this, talking on a computer right. um, to, to someone. And I think we're a lot more comfortable having guests on than we were like the first couple of times kind of yeah. thing. But yeah, I think everything is just more comfortable and we'll just keep getting better at, yeah. at what we're doing. Apologies to those initial guests. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though now because we've started having people back on, right? Like we've had... Yeah. Deb back on. She was one of our first couple of guests. And so, yeah, it's, it's been really fun to kind of um, have people back on again too and talk about something else, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. And for you, last question, like, what do you think is maybe a longer term dream for the podcast? Mm. I just want to keep growing it and growing our community of people and reaching more people. And I mean, sponsors would be amazing if anyone's sure. listening to this and they want to sponsor us. <laughs> we're, we're here. We're waiting. We're open. 
to that, yeah, I think I just, I want to keep doing it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean the same. I'd love to have more guests on. I think it adds something different perspective. Obviously we have a lot to talk about, but yeah. we certainly, you know, know of people who can bring something and add something to the podcast. Yeah. And I mean, I think a thousand downloads a week is something I think would be like a long-term goal. I mean, why not dream big? Why not? Why not? We can the next Joe Rogan experience. (laughs) Without being Joe Rogan. Without being Joe Rogan. Just his download numbers. (laughs) Just his download numbers. We don't want any any of the other stuff. Thank you very much. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That is all for our second birthday episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Travel Mug Podcast, this episode and the past two years and all of the the love and everything that you've given us is is amazing. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can find us on our website, travelmugpodcast.com on Facebook and Instagram at the Travel Mug Podcast. You can support the show by buying us a coffee. That would be a great birthday gift. Just saying. Yeah. Um, and you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, also a good birthday gift. Right. And share the show with a travel loving pal. And we will chat with you again soon. And we'll chat about our trips. Yay! Can't wait. <laughs> Bye, Bye, everyone. <laughs>